going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 25 of the Culture to Christ podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Aaron. Thank you guys again for joining us today. If you're a current listener, please like this video on YouTube and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel as well on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It helps us reach more people like you who love this podcast. Today we're going to get into more of like an uplifting, encouraging episode for you guys who have been struggling. You know, there's so many different people that are either from the lockdowns or from the virus or from your business or from maybe friendships or family members you're going through struggles, and today we want to provide some encouragement. So, Aaron, what's going on, dude? I, I, nice to see hockey back on TV. It's good, yeah. I actually I do enjoy it a little bit. It makes me a little sad, too, that we can't play, but, you know, it's good to watch the Leafs play, too, especially. Would you, did you watch the game last night against Winnipeg? I did. They I did played good. It. Actually, played good. They that was have the best I've seen them play in a they while. They got a complete team, I think, now with like Simmons and uh, even. I still don't think Thornton should be a, win- a winger on that line. Like, too slow, right? He just. He, I feel like he he wants to be a centerman, and he, he might be a better on the third line. But we'll see. Matthews and Marner might like it because he's like an older guy from them, leadership and like in the dressing room. So, but he can't keep might. up with them, like especially when you see the play going up in the neutral zone. He's always behind them. So I think Hyman was the perfect guy for both of them. You know, retrieves pucks, gets in on the forecheck. And that's why it, it, it's strange because uh, Thornton is not. He's very skillful, makes passes and stuff like that. But I don't see him throwing a body check and, and skating the hardest. Right, like Hyman. I watch him like he just looks like he trains all all summer and just his legs are buzzing, going, going, going. He knows going. his role. Yeah. So. But you know they said that uh, the reason why they think Thornton's on the first line is because he uh, the certain promises were made to him uh, when they were recruiting him about what like what position he'll be playing, right? So that's why they have to give him like at least you know the first maybe ten games uh, on the first line because that or else he would have just stayed in uh, San Jose. Really? If, yeah, they were saying that. If he was promised like a, a bottom like six role or like fourth liner, he would just be like, "Why would I go there for?" Right? I thought he was going just because he wanted possibly get a cup, but he wanted to be part of. He the... wants to be wants to contribute. Well, he did. It was, it was a nice goal. He he scored. So I was actually surprised he scored that, but I'm thinking he might might get 15 goals, maybe like. But you know, it's a, it's short in season too. So even 15 goals is like equivalent to getting 20, 25 now. There was 56 yeah, games. Yeah, they were saying this is a long play, basically it's like a long playoff series because there's like a game every night and you don't you're playing I think we're going to get the most exciting Canadian type hockey um right now because in that Canadian division how much those guys are like you're so close to them. You see that even that uh the games with Toronto Winnipeg, the guys are starting to get a little more chippy near the end stuff like that. So that's what I'm excited for. Like I want to see Cassie and Edmonton Oilers in Calgary just brawl. Honestly. Did you see what happened though? You know why? Uh, so the guy who went uh, at Marner, did you see how Marner went and chirped the guy after he scored the empty net goal? Yeah, because he went to, he went to hit him right. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I I wanted this is what I I I remember when I was growing up watching it. What I wish is that when guys get in scruffles, they used to drop the gloves. And actually now it's just like, hey man, it's a big big hugging match, and they're just trying to you know, oh f you buddy. But they they almost like they like each other too much. Mm-hmm. The guys are too close, or they have too much going on. But I think. Players, players like Kachuk, that like you know, even I watched the Calgary game. There, it's just it's a different modality, like the way the Kachuk's brothers play. They just have a different modality where they're ready to scrap no matter what. Um, but it makes, it, I mean, it makes for good entertainment while we're you know sitting inside doing absolutely nothing. Um, but it makes me want to then get on the ice more. So it's like it's that's a diff- how I look at it too. It's a double-edged sword, right? Where it's people say pandemic. 
but but we can watch people shoot a puck in the net. So it's like, <laughs> is it really a pandemic or is it a way to market something too? Because what I see a lot too is, you know, in the commercials, it's wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. You get all these NHL players, mask, mask, mask. And these kids are like, oh, my favorite player, he wears a mask. Oh, I'm going to wear a mask too. But it's like, is he wearing a mask that long? You know, it's it. He's living a different lifestyle too, right? It's like he can afford all these masks. He has, you know, the best trainers, the best nutritionists, like people who are just wearing masks all day that can't switch it. I just think it's more of a way to market a certain mission from, you know, big players and is really to, um, you know, help people for the long term. So, the stupidest thing to me is the coaches wearing the masks, especially in hockey. Like I don't, I don't see what the point that point that like. They, what, and every time they want to scream, they pull it down. Right, they pull the mask down to, to get their point across because some of these masks it's hard to hear people, right? So then, you know, as you're watching, you're like, what's the point of them even wearing it if every time they have to scream, which is a lot in hockey, right? So they can hear you, they p- keep pulling it down. It just uh, looks dumb. Well, hundred percent, those coaches are pissed. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to wear it. Um, I heard I was listening to the uh, Spit and Chicklets podcast, and I think it was Ryan Whitney was talking about how they were doing the Patrice Bergeron was getting announced as the captain. And they were pulling a, a prank on him by saying Marchand is going to take the C. But he said the joke failed because everyone had a mask on. So you couldn't read, like, inflictions. Yeah. You couldn't hear. Your expressions. You can't read people's facial yeah. expressions. Yeah, so apparently it's, apparently it's like a video. And you watch it. It's like, wah, wah, wah. Because, yeah. like, they're like, oh, Marchand. And no one laughs. No one says anything because everyone has a mask on, right? So And half time you can't even hear. No. So you can't hear. You can't see how other people are reacting. No, you can't hear anything. So, it's, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of... Uh, like a lot of social cues and especially like in, when you communicate to people how often you need their facial expression to know if they're receiving your message. Like there's so many times when I'm talking to somebody and I'm trying to be funny with my mask on. I'm like, they just think I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah. like they think I'm being aggressive. Oh, so another thing I was thinking about, like, do you find because now you have to wear a mask uh, everywhere, especially into stores that like, I feel that. I feel like I'm committing a crime when I'm going in because like, let's say sometimes I have my hood on, right? So if I have a mask and hood on, I feel like convenience store owners or like some like uh, workers at certain stores, they look at you like, yo, this guy's trying to like rob us or like stick us up. It's like, cause you can't, you literally can only see my eyes if I put a mask on with the hood. That's and like it's like a masking up. It's, to honestly, do it's very sketchy. When I see people with like, a, especially like a hat, like say if they put a hat over their eyes, and I'm I'm always like, what's wrong with like, what are you what are you trying to hide from? Like, what are you doing? It's it's a, I I just think it's easier for people to get away with stuff. Like, yeah, well, people are using it towards their advantage now. Like, there was a guy going around stealing the uh, Remembrance Day. Uh, the you know how like some stores they have Remembrance Day uh, boxes where you can put money in and then you get a poppy. Yeah. Right. So there was a guy going around with sunglasses, hat, mask. And just going the, the, into Tim Hortons and stuff, just taking the boxes. And he, the guy never got caught because the mask works towards his advantage as well, right? Like, no one looks at him twice. Like, everyone has a mask when you go in now. Do so you, do criminals you think, take advantage. Do you think that's going to, like, increase over time? Say if they yeah. force these ma- mask mandates, like, people who are criminals are criminally thinking. Well, they were, you know, the riots in the States during the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, a lot of them, because they were they had masks on. You can't and track you, them. You, yeah, you, you don't know who they are. And not because... Because I haven't been seeing many stories of, in, in obviously Canada, the state is probably tenfold compared to us. But I can see that over time, people realizing, yo, if I'm wearing a mask all the time and I'm mandated, like, I can get away with a lot of stuff. Like, and I, especially if they're mandating, they're mandating two masks. You can have you can have the top and the bottom. Um, what do you mean two masks? They're for, they're eventually they're saying in commercials and stuff like that in the United States. Even Biden, they had uh, Joe Biden saying he's going to wear two masks now. So you wear the one. That's thicker, yeah, 
and then you wear like the hospital one over that one. How are you going to breathe? That's crazy. Okay, so here's my theory. Um, if you have healthy people, it affects the healthy people the most. So if you're a healthy individual, plays, say you exercise four or five times a week, you eat healthy, whatever you're going, it affects you the most um, rather than someone who, say, is an unhealthy living individual who just, you know, fast food, drinks on the weekend, doesn't really take care of themselves. They're not going to notice a difference when they wear the mask because they're already unhealthy. Their immune system is kind of weak anyway, so they everything is still normal to them. But for me, when I started wearing the mask and even at work, I could tell a difference in the first week. In the first month, I felt like slow, lethargic. My thoughts were slower. Um, even breathing, I felt differently. Um, and what, there's, what the science is, is that you can go like three days without water, a whole month without food. You go 10 minutes with oxygen deprivation. You know, I think it, you can lose, you can have permanent brain damage if you go without oxygen for a long time. So say if you're, hopefully you can afford multiple masks or good masks so you can switch them. So you're not constantly breathing in your own stuff. But if you wear the same mask because you can't afford it, say you're a middle-class person or you're working at a job nine to five and they tell you have to wear a mask, like you're just breathing in garbage 24 seven. So if you're a healthy person like me, when I was playing hockey with you guys in the first, I was like, man, I just would, I would try to go do stuff. I'm like, there's no way I'm out of this out of shape, but I can and, just feel in my lungs. And it changes the way you breathe as well. Because if you're used to wearing a mask nine hours a day and yeah. suddenly you take it off and go play sports, what do you think is going to happen? Like your yeah. body needs time to adjust, right? Yep. So like no one talks about that though. So. No. Well, I, I, I there's <laughs> but two masks is stupid. That's ridiculous. One mask is already like insane to me that you have to wear it everywhere. But two now, it's like, come on, you guys are taking it way too far. I know, well, people don't, uh, people unfortunately aren't concerned about their, like, their, their, I don't, I, I just believe most people aren't healthy, health conscious. Like, I, I take care of my body. I know that I don't get sick too often because I take care of my body. And now I'm being told by people who don't take care of their body to ha how to live my life and what mask I have to wear. And I, I take it to a point where, you know, like I said, I told you, okay, fat shaming. How evil is that, right? Love your body. But if you're overweight and fat, you're what happens when you get the virus? You're compromised. You're actually in a danger, dangerous living condition. And also, if you're driving a vehicle, you're driving a car, you have a heart attack, you could hurt somebody else, right? So you being overweight, obese, is a danger to everyone else around you as well. So if the same logic is applied but to- But even that, so like I wanted like people who are obese, right? That's yeah. their decision to be like that. And, I, and I'm okay with people who want to be that, but, exactly. don't, but don't be like that, like Doug Ford, and then now try to tell people what they should be doing to stay healthy. And that's what I'm saying. That, that's the irony though, yeah. right? Because so I'm I'm fat shaming somebody if I say, hey, you're uh, compromising yourself and your life and people who love you. Um, you need to go to the gym and eat eat vegetables. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So why is someone going to say, hey, you need to put on your mask uh, because you're going to harm and, and put individuals at risk? When one, that's not true anyways. And two, who are you? Uh, go go live your day, mm -hmm. right? So th that's where it comes to the point for me. It's like, man, if people are going to keep telling me to put on this mask, I'm like, okay, well, then you need to go to the gym. Yeah. You need to go to the stairmaster. You go hit, hit go with the treadmill. Because it's true because, you know, even when people tell you to, to do something, like put on your mask or stay six feet away from me, like people are, they're getting very... I say argumentative. Mm -hmm. So like they're, they're doing it from a, from a place of like, like, of like judgment. So when yeah. someone tells you, Hey, put on your mask or, you know, get six feet away from me. Like that to me, that's rude. Yeah. You know, straight up. Well, it's, straight like, up. it's perfect. Cause it's, it's, it's a, it's the, we want, 
it's the perfect way to divide people, right? Yeah. To people who have on different sides, like, you know, on, on six buzz, even too, I, you know, there's different, that's where I saw the whole, um, the $6,000 fine. If you don't wear your mask properly. And I'm like, man, first of all, I don't believe in the mask. And now you're telling me I have, if in Quebec, but who knows if it's going to be Ontario, that if I get charged for not wearing the mask properly, but the science is already out. There's already doctors claiming that you don't have to wear the mask and 98% survival rate. I just, uh, it, it does, it does upset me because now everyone, everyone's a health expert because, because see, the government, you know, I think it comes down to if you trust the government, right? We talk about this a ton. If you, if you trust the government and you believe that they're always trying to help you and take care of you, then you'll never trust anyone else that doesn't want to wear a mask, right? You know, so, what I like, I like how Frank said, he goes, if you're wearing a mask, right? Why should I need to wear a mask? Your mask is protecting you, right? Because yeah. that's what all the health experts say, that the mask protects you. So if, if someone else is wearing a mask, but I decide not to, yeah. what's the difference? Yeah. Your mask is, is saving your life, right? Yeah. Why do I have to wear a mask then? And, and I, I, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the logic. They say that if you don't, you wearing a mask is not for, is not for your protection. The logic is you not wearing a mask is not for your protection. It's for others, others so that you don't spread the virus and but if uh, other people are already wearing their masks they should be they're protected already right from you being sick it's um you know i I, none of it makes sense man no i try i really i do try to rationalize it with it because you know okay people have been in the hospital people have lost their um, close family members and um i still i really try to rationalize it but i mean for those listening and myself and Aaron, like we're, we're people that just live lives. We go, we know that there's consequences. We know that our time could be at any moment. And I mean, it's, I think the biggest oppression, you know, that's why we're getting into the episode of, you know, a lot of oppressions going on. A lot of people are struggling um, with their mental health or lockdown. Um, maybe truth is coming out about friendships that we're having that we thought were real or some relationships are ending with a loved one. Some are getting married because they realize they have a special person. But I think the biggest uh, threat in, in life is not viruses, but it's people, right? Fear. It, fear, is, fear is being spread faster than the virus is. We know that. And yeah, and we know that the, the, uh, you know, the devil and evil is, it uses people to spread that message of fear, right? So we have to, the reason I think it's so hard to, to talk nowadays because it's not that we, I think people who maybe think like us or believe in what we believe in, as Christians, I think they have a hard time speaking to other people because they do fear the, those people, those people that are really for the mask and, you they're know. They're going to judge them. Yeah, they're going to attack them, right? And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, keyboard warriors and people. There's guys who, who DM me, like, threatening things, things on Instagram. I just laugh because I just know that, you know, that's where they feel the most powerful is on Instagram DMs. Um, but people are afraid to stand up and speak because... When you're not part of the, I guess, maybe majority or what the CNN says in your government, if you don't agree with your government, people just have feel, they feel like they have a right to attack you because their government is their God, right? So, you know, if you're someone listening that is, wants to live a free life, you know, you might have to get used to, I think, as, as Christians to not really, it's not about not being offended, but just own, own your message and to know that, you know, you got to carry the sword of truth and... You're going to be attacked or dismantled or whichever way possible. It's, it's always better to be hated for who you are than loved for who you aren't, right? That's in Amen. anything. So yeah, don't be scared to offend people. Don't be scared to say what you believe. 
because the, the like the people who you think you're you're pleasing they don't care about you anyways <laughs> like yep. you know like there's a reason why that you know the haters voices are always in the distance mm-hmm. because they don't say it to your face and even if they do say it to your face right if you have something to offer them or something to benefit them they'll they'll yes menu yeah that's how that's, that's how the very world true. is that's very true um now I want to get your take on I know this is a while ago but we watched the World Juniors um what is your take on the uh, the gold medal game cuz you know we got some US listeners Well you, you know I predicted USA to win right You did so You did I just knew that you know when Canada beat Germany 16 to 1 that's a very un-Canadian thing to do mm-hmm. and I didn't like it right like and especially growing up listening to Don Cherry he he, he was the the biggest advocate for not embarrassing your opponent Mm-hmm. There's a way to win and there's a way like there's a way to win gracefully, right? Yep. And like at 10 at 10-1 or uh, yeah, at 10-1 like the Canadian coach was still putting out the top players. So it's like at 10 goals, the other team first of all was missing six guys, so they already short back. That's because of the COVID, the COVID yeah. regulations, yeah. And uh, the worst thing is the, the like uh, the six guys who are missing from Germany's lineup, it's not that they had COVID, it's because they were in contact with people who had COVID. So it's like you're ruining kids, uh, kids like dreams of making the NHL because this is their one time to showcase their skill. Mm-hmm. Like, and they don't even have COVID. Like, they're just around people who have COVID. So even if they tested uh, negative for it, the fact that they were around people who tested positive, they're like, you have to uh, isolate. And they isolate for the two weeks they had to. So they they, they come. I think it was like for three games, but three games is a lot. It's like half the tournament. Yeah. Well, that's why in Team Canada too, they all their because there was no NHL, their team was unreal. So like coach could just roll lines and every line's a first line. So there's also that too where it's like you're playing Germany, not a good team. They don't have any players. And Team Canada literally had almost like a first and second line on their third and fourth line. And, you know, watching a lot of World Juniors growing up, like pretty much every every Christmas, when Canada never loses in the round robin, you need to lose. You need to have some kind of um, wake-up call, some adversity. Um, team USA lost their first game or whatever. They lost to Russia, right? They got, they got dismantled. So... Um, when I saw that, yeah, 16-1, I was like, okay, you know what? It's too high of a score. Maybe they were just like throwing pucks at net and the goalie couldn't save it, whatever. But I was looking for like some adversity, right? And when I was watching that, I didn't watch a lot of the games when I watched because it's not exciting hockey because I feel like it's so, you have the best teams and then you have everyone else. Like maybe it's what, four, four good teams maybe. That's why they were saying that the tournament, it's not even a global showcase. It's just a showcase of four countries all the time. We're the same five countries. Yeah. The other teams are just getting uh, destroyed, Yeah, right? they're getting like, there's a... I remember there was a there was a coach that was talking about how he feels like playing against Canada. And he was like, "What do you Switzerland?" Ex-? Yeah, he was like, yeah. "He's like, what do you expect?" No, they're way better, way faster. We're just here to have, we're just here to have a good time. Like, there's not <laughs> there's no point for us to even. He's like, "What am I gonna lie to my my players? Tell them to work harder." Well, picture like the kids flying from Germany and flying from other countries all the way here to Edmonton, and then right, having to, to sit and just hotel, to sit in the hotel and watch their team get dismantled. Yeah, so like on Team USA, one of their best players who got drafted by Boston. He tested positive, right? And his roommate, who is another top prospect, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't allowed to, to to play because they said you were in contact with them. Even though he tested negative three times, he's like, I don't have it, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, it doesn't matter. You're his roommate. And like, you just destroyed this guy's uh, his dream of playing in the World Juniors, which is the biggest tournament, right, Man. before NHL. And kids dream of it. Kids, like, they... You work so and, hard for that. And parents pay thousands. Like, if you guys don't know that... He didn't grow up playing hockey. Parents that sacrifice 
a lot to, for their kids to play hockey. It's an expensive sport. It's probably the most most expensive, expensive sport. because the equipment, the sticks, the traveling, the hours, the ice hotel time. rooms, the ice room. Sorry, the ice time and like the training, on ice training, stick handling, edge work, off ice training, because you have to do that nowadays because these kids are unreal. Um, before these, you know, the kids that go play hockey and now it's like, you know, okay, go watch in your hotel room. And a lot of times too, it's like when you're playing a sport, especially if you're going to play pro, that's all you really have. You don't really do anything else. You don't that's spend why, time. That's why I don't like how these rules are dictating people's lives. Like, yeah. like, like a kid's, like he, he's having a chance to, you know, change his, change his family's life, right? Like if he makes the NHL. Yep. But now you have that kid sitting in a hotel room because he was roommates with someone who had it, who can, who was negative. Yep. And, like, and, and you and like, I what both, are you guys doing? And we both know the science is not, the, there's no science behind COVID anymore. The, da- the data is already out, empirical data. So for those who don't know empirical data, that's data that's tracked over time that shows consistency, where a lot of people look at anecdotes. So anecdotal evidence is going, my grandma has COVID, right? So if my grandma has COVID, that means everything else is true about COVID or coronavirus. But empirical data just means, okay, what does it say over like a year? So this, whatever this virus started in March, or maybe it was released even earlier by China. Um, we look at the data over time to see if it's really as a threat as it is. And the data doesn't prove that anymore. So the fact that we have, you know, that's just a, those you know, players in Germany and other players in the United States not being able to play the world juniors is a small dose of everyone else's life. You know, kids who can't go see their friends at school, kids who can't go play hockey, maybe it's in their draft year, and they're forced to wear masks. And a lot of children, because I see it, like high school kids really believe this thing's like a scary virus. They really believe that they're going to die. They have a lot of anxiety. Um, the damage is being done to the, to our youth. And it's going to take years for them to recover because they really believe in the government. They really believe their leaders are like, okay, like, you know, I got to stay inside. And then, and then they get triggered at people who don't agree, right? They get angry because they're filled with so much anxiety and fear that they see, they see things online that go against what the government's saying. And they go, no, you're, this is not true. You have to stay in. People are dying. Put on your damn mask. And it's going to affect them when they, when, when they're put back in society and like, now you can take off your mask. I can just see them being so anxious to be around people. You know, another issue too I have is how now because they're, you know, they're finding people for, you know, for being in certain places, they're using that now to create even more fear by instilling like, you know, like it, it, we see in Quebec how they have curfews and now yeah. guys are getting tickets for being out past 8 p.m. It's like this, it's, is, this, this is what this is, this is what I got. Why don't they do it opposite? Why don't they pay people six thousand dollars to stay inside? <laughs> they can't even pay. Well, especially in the states, they can't even uh, figure out how to give people two thousand, like not even two thousand, less than two thousand dollars. So you think they're going to be able to? But if they care and love people so much, right? Yeah, no you, chance. You think people? Hey, if we if you pay six thousand uh, dollars, say every two weeks or a month, to stay inside on curfew. I'm pretty sure people would stay inside, but no, no, it's not that. We're going to take away your small business, take away your career, take away your livelihood, take away your mental health, your exercise, and then we're going to charge you if you break it. Break it. Does that sound like love? To, like, that's why I, I talk about love. Like, it's government, about control. It's not about love. It's about control. And we always Compliance. talk about, yeah, we talk about two different forces where God is love. The government doesn't come from a place of God. It comes from a place of fear and control. So that's where I'm like, you know, it's it's almost obvious that they're they're trying to enforce and comply an ideology on people. It's not about a virus. It's about an ideology. It's about ideas, right? People in power like to, like to spread 
ideas. And for those that are Christians or faithful people listening to this podcast, we know that's spiritual warfare, where those who are non-Christians, that's just ideologies, ideas. People are trying to plant seeds, right? Plant seeds in your head so that they can then, once they put out something new, maybe it's the next lockdown or it's the next... uh, mask wearing apparatus they create where you have to cover your eyes too and you know cover your ears and you're next thing you know you're walking around in a bubble <laughs> you know you're just like a bunch of bubble people well, people are eating in the in a bubble in uh in new york right they're wearing like wait they're like in bubble like uh, they're in a bubble and then they're in a bubble no so like b- basically you know how there's outdoor dining there's patios mm-hmm. so now some restaurants in new york have created bubbles where only you and like whoever you're eating with oh, are you're in your own bubble. bubble and then they hand you food through the like there's a thing to pull it down it's insane but that you're causing these restaurants to come up with these ridiculous things yeah. because they think eating outside now spreads covid <laughs> when you told them invest in the patio gear yeah no it's dance monkey dance that's why i feel like the government's doing to people they almost know it's like dance monkey dance do all these all these stupid things and we're going to change the laws we're going to p- force fines and um you know when you see that the system we live in is function obviously off the, off the dollar sign, right? So, the government also too is looking for ways to make money, right? Well, so did, did you hear that one of like the uh, the health ministers in Ontario, she was caught on on CP twenty four because her mic was on, saying that, oh, I just read whatever they give me anyways. That's that was the saying. one of the doctors. Right? Yeah, it was yeah, one of the doctors. doctors. So it just goes through that the people who are delivering this information to us, they don't even know what they're reading themselves. They're telling us what their superiors are giving them to read. And then I, later she apologized. She's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But what does that do? Like, we heard what you said. I just read what they give me. And to me, that, that's criminal. Why isn't that a criminal offense? Because you're a politician. So you, so, right. <laughs> we just said you're, you're a politician. You just step down. Or you take a leave of absence. You get paid. You can go on vacation in Italy. You can go on vacation here. But, yeah, but you, you tell you, people don't, stay home. Yeah, don't go outside. You better stay it, yeah. It's all a joke, man. Like, the, the the longer this goes on, the more, like, I hope people just wake up, you and, know? And why do you think, because why do you think there are Christians who believe in Jesus, believe in, you know, don't, if they believe in salvation, they're going to heaven. Why do you think there are Christians who actually still believe in the wearing the mask and taking the vaccine? Because What do you think their, their stronghold or their, um, what, what, what do you think they're focusing on? Because it, it actually does well, blow my mind. When it could be a lot of circumstances. So some people, like... They don't necessarily agree with it, but let's say you work in a place that strictly enforces it. Mm. You you want to keep your job, right? Yep. Like no one, there's one thing to believe in something. It's another thing to believe in something so strong that you're willing to risk your livelihood, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you know there's a there's a gray area there. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people who, you know, like they're around they're around certain people that have slowly just changed their mind, changed their. Uh, their courage to speak out too, because mm-hmm. we know that some people they change their opinion over time mm-hmm. due to like the like the voices around them. Yeah. So slowly they become, you know, like those those people who are fear mongering, who are 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 starting to believe some of like the things in the media, and they're just like, and also you noted it's fatigue. So. Mm-hmm. Like some people who were against the mask and against like what's going on with the lockdowns, who were so strong about it. Now it's like it's at the point where we've been doing this for what almost a year, right? We don't see things getting better. Fuck it, give me the vaccine. Like I, I need mm. things to go back to normal. There's people who I know personally that they're ready to travel because like they haven't been able to. Yeah. So now they're like, you know, they were against the vaccines before and against certain things. That now they're just like, yo, I don't care. Like I just want to get back to quote-unquote normal oh, and it's okay. scary because that just shows you how the government has won yeah they've, they've they've taken those people in the middle ground or who were against it and now they've slowly like 
instilled enough fear in them and in, 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 and ruined their lives enough where they're just like, you know, uh, let's just get let's just get back to, to how things were. That's interesting you say that because I was when it first happened in March when we were playing hockey. Remember that it was the NBA player who was touching everything and he had it. And then they said, uh, of course, they used uh, Hollywood. They used uh, Tom Hanks as the first one to start spreading the propaganda. I was like, whoa, Tom Hanks has it, Castaway. It's like, okay. And then you start feeling anxious and you're like, maybe I have it. So I was in the middle of being like, you know, when they first say pandemic and lockdown, I'm like, okay, people are going to be dying in the streets or like, I'm going to be getting sick. So I was in the middle too. And praise God, I had my faith and, and had my, you know, I was practicing at the time because. As I started doing research, but I stayed close to God, God was always telling me the truth. So even when I was reading or watching the news or reading clips on social media, I could see, I, I, I can empathize you why people first were like against the vaccine or against it. And maybe they don't have God. So eventually when, like you said, the environment we live in constantly keeps pushing that message, eventually people just fall because... I was in that middle ground being like, holy K, I remember after hockey, I messaged my mom like, hey, are you OK? Like, you know, do you hear what the news is saying? Tom Hanks, I'm feeling a bit anxious. So I was I was there in the beginning. I thought maybe this was really a killing virus that was, you know, like I am legend, you know, <laughs> like Will Smith kind of stuff. Well, we should talk about since you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy how that movie was set in 2021 and the zombie a- apocalypse started because of a failed vaccine? So fast. And remember, we talked about last people week already Frank. twitching. People yeah, we, are already twitching on the vaccine. And we talked about uh, last week with Frank. So shout out to him for a good uh, for a good sit down. But he was like, he was the first one who showed me like a whole documentary how the CIA, um, they they're the ones who control a lot of the movies you see in Hollywood. So mm. because the CIA is so powerful that they have certain directors, producers who are affiliated with them that can, you know, direct put a, together, an put, idea like they want put to together, direct. Yeah. Put together movies. So uh, the population thinks and acts a certain way because we, we like to uh, like we like to see uh, Hollywood and we like to, you know, use that as our uh, sort of like a. Uh, a means for reality, like our so framework, we like to re- reenact. our framework, yeah, like our framework of what is good and true in and the normal. world, and, and normal, and normal, what we normalize. So when we see things like I Am Legend, right, and we see that those things uh, happen in a movie, and then when it starts to happen in our reality, we don't get spooked because mm. we're like, we've seen this before. Oh, that, it's pretty normal. We, this desensitization we talked yeah. about. Yeah. So even social media, like in Social Dilemma and those type of documentaries that show you how these things actually work. That's alarming to some people who aren't aware of it because we're so conditioned already. Mm. Like we're, we use this, uh, Instagram every day where we just think it's part of everyday life. But then you go deeper and you see the people who are actually pulling the strings behind the behind the, the curtains. And then that that's what gets people scared. So the CIA without Hollywood won't be able to get certain ideas across to people. Won't, won't be able to change certain. Like look how many movies came out regarding 9-11. Hijacked planes. Yeah. Terrorists. All that. Yep. They needed all those movies to make 9-11. 11 actually prove believable. their point prove their yeah. lie prove like, their lie show show showing uh, how terrorists hijacked the plane like mm-hmm. the more people who see these movies actually believe it mm-hmm. and that's the scary thing and like the, the document fuck i forgot the name of it but i'll get it from frank again but yeah. i watched it and it's so true because if you see like like they interview people who actually worked in the cia and they like they they revealed they're like yeah like we worked hand in hand with Different production companies in Hollywood, different producers, because a lot of these, uh, a lot of these big uh, companies like Fox, um, there's a bunch of them, Pixar, all, all these things. They need ideas from people that have more information than they do, and have the money, and then have like the more. I always say, who owns the money? Who owns the banks? And what they want people, the consumers, 
it makes sense. Like, hey, how can I make my consumers buy more of my product? I can if I enforce more ideas, more ideology, they're gonna think they're making their choices. Like we really believe we make our choices. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have no nothing can influence me. I'm my own being. But you know, we believe in Jesus Christ, they're God. Either God forces you to do something is your motivation, or it's the opposite. And your the choi- devil. and your choices are presented to you. Yes. By by people. So yeah. it's not real freedom of choice, right? Yeah. Like we all know that that com- take that with a grain of salt because you know I'm talking about in terms of purchasing power, in terms mm-hmm. of like where like a car you drive, mm-hmm. anything like that. Like the choices are already laid out for us, you mm-hmm. know. So it's not really true freedom of choice. Freedom of choice is when it comes down to it, it's there's very few things, but one of the things that you can have a freedom of choice in is believing in God yourself. Yes. That is like a freedom of choice, whether you choose to believe in it or not. That's like, and that's know. that's a good point. There's, um, yeah, there's a few things that we actually get to own and choose in our life. It's how we respond to information as well. How we respond to something, right? How we react to hearing something, right? Like the, it, the whole COVID pandemic showed me how I react when things get hard. I need I need more God in my life clearly because I was fooled a bit. Right. And like the choices we make afterwards. Right. So we do have God gives us discernment to really look through the information. And um, the um, the lawyer Frank was talking about, Lynn Wood, I followed him, listened to some of this podcast. He's a lawyer, defamation lawyer, did it for over 20, 30 years. Um, he's a Christian, Christian. And he talks about how if you're a Christian like me and Aaron, or you're listening, that a lot of people, they think too much with their mind and not with their heart. Because God changes the heart first. Right. So when God changes your heart, you need to think with your heart first before you think with your mind, because your mind just wants to think logic, information, statistics, reason. But the heart knows the truth. Right. Because God came for your heart. Jesus came to change your heart. So when you're functioning from your heart first. Now, if you're not Christian, I would say don't listen to your heart. But even if you even if you are Christian. Right. We see that people like that. That term is uh, used very loosely now. Like being Christian, it doesn't so I mean, really mean I mean, like, if you really truly believe that Jesus Christ saved your life, um, you believe in the Holy and Spirit, you practice it, you right? practice the yeah. faith. I'm not saying you're a Christian, you put on your Instagram bio. I'm talking if you really believe in Jesus and you practice the faith, you pray, you read the word, you like watching pastors, you're working on your faith, you really believe God saved your life and Jesus came to save your life and he has. Um, listen to your heart before you listen to your mind because God will guide your heart. Right, he guides the decisions you make and why you make them. The impact you want to make on others comes from your heart first. So when I heard that from Lidwood, I had to think about that for a bit. And it's true for those who really believe in, in the Lord and Savior. Um, it's hard if someone is, you know, living in the world, no God, no faith. If you tell them to listen to their heart, I mean, that could be very. The devil loves to deceive people, right? So a lot of things that we, the what I wanted before. Being saved was very evil things, very selfish-driven things. Where so it's very contextualized. But if you are someone who believes in Jesus, follow your heart before and listen to your heart, because God speaks to your heart first and not to your mind. Did you get a chance to watch the uh, Tiger Woods documentary that just came out? No, I, I have not. Have you heard of it or no? I haven't heard of it. No. So HBO they just uh, released a two-part documentary following Tiger Woods' life. Crazy doc. Like I just finished it uh, on Sunday. Was the second uh, part two? Well, there's tons of time to watch a lot of a lot of stuff now. Yeah, but I think you'll like that because it's like they try to do it like the the last dance, showing that Tiger's oh, okay. competitive spirit and everything. Mm-hmm. But a crazy part in it is how in the I think 2008 Masters when he was up against uh, an opponent in the final round, the day before uh, the day before the final round, his opponent was praying. Right, was praying to. 
so he he's a he comes like he's a christian right but he was praying to god and then eventually he said that he pre-asked the devil right he asked the devil really he said, he's like um he's like can you help me take down tiger right because like he was just like in a weird mind state. Wait, this is not Tiger. Who, who? No, this is his opponent. This is his opponent. His opponent okay. was praying to the devil, saying that. You know, and that you... guy was a Christian. Yeah. So we're taking him, but so he he's like, I'll explain like his faith background yeah. later. But in this uh, scenario, he prayed to the devil. He's like, "Can you help me take down Tiger?" Right. So he went to the devil to ask him for help. This is before the masters found around, and he said the devil told him, "I already have Tiger." Like, he's like, I already have Tiger. Jeez. So he said, Yo, don't worry. <laughs> I already have him, right? So then the, fi- like, the final round, he got destroyed. Like, say, like, Tiger was making. And they show you all the shots he's making. Like, literally the most insane shots, right? And I think that tournament, too, he was playing with almost a broken leg because he uh, he tore his, like, ACL or MCL, one of those. And he was playing this is on the one, one leg. He's limping? Is it the Tiger yeah. Woods and he's yeah. limping? Yeah. I remember and watching he was that. still killing. He was still, like, hitting. And that's when he just, like, yo, like, he really is for the devil. Like Tiger Woods, wow, and yeah, so they showed like the whole. You gotta watch it, you know, because it's. Did very, Tiger talk on talk about that? No, so Tiger didn't even want this documentary coming out. He's against it because they show about like his uh, his sex mm. uh, addictions and all that. Yep, it's very revealing. So I don't mm. want to spoil it too much for yep. you because you want to watch it. Exactly, but that part specifically stood out to me because here you have an opponent who, when you're in the final round of the Masters, right, you don't get there by luck. Like you need the skill set, you need like everything to go right for mm-hmm. you. So. Him saying that he prayed the night before, saying that like, to the devil, like, you'll help me take him down. Was this guy a Satan worshiper, the guy praying to the devil? So this is what he was. So he started off as a Christian, yep. right? And then he said eventually, once he was uh, very like once he was at the peak of his game in golf, he said he started to question certain things about like you know about his his uh, faith and religion. Mm-hmm. And then he said he got into a place where he was like will the devil help me more or will God help me more? Uh, so that's why the day before he said he was conflicted and that's when he prayed, right, to both. He said he like he prayed to God but then he also prayed to the devil saying that, can you help me take down Tiger? Wow. And he said when the devil spoke to him and said, I already have him, he just like, I'm finished. I'm done. He's like, I don't to do. <laughs> He's like, but uh, yeah, he just goes to show you that even at that level uh, in golf, right, it's very spiritual too. Well, that's an important message you have right there because it's a very like even a spiritual message because the devil will give you things. So the devil, when if you're struggling in your life and you're like you're you could literally be praying to the devil or Satan <laughs> or you could just be thinking about yourself. It's the same thing. But the devil wants you to worship here. He'll give you riches. He'll give you talent. He'll make you win. He'll get you women. He'll get you money. He'll get you followers. But he does it as a setup. It's a setup. And look what that's what what you what you just said is exactly what happened to Tiger. He got everything, hundred million dollar deal, everything, and his life came crashing down. The, the DUIs. devil wants, and so that's what the devil wants you to do because he wants you to worship him. He'll give you everything, and then he wants to destroy you so that all you have is anger, angst, resentment, and bitterness because you worship something that was not forever. It wasn't peace. So that's because God wants us to worship him wants us to serve him and God's will over our will. So God's will is, I might give you the green jacket. I might not. It's not about you. Yeah, And and so that same guy, that's his same opponent, he was saying how he's like, if you look at uh, Tiger's speeches, he never once thanked God for the win. He's never thanked, like he, because he, he's such a, like a driven person where he thinks everything that he's accomplished is, is like his own. Right. And his, his fall led him, led him to, you know, lose his family 
we saw how his brand got tarnished after that. So like it's kind of it, it's kind of revealing how maybe that trade off how he was living in sin because like yep. he was he was hooking up with ten girls at a time like he was always flying to Vegas like his life that's why when you watch it it's crazy you would never think Tiger Woods was living this type of lifestyle right and they had every like they had they show the paparazzi following him like he's banging uh, waitresses in the parking lots like they have videos of that right no way yeah it's like I never knew like. I knew about Tiger cheating, but because it was this, at a point you couldn't control it. And this was in two thousand like eight, two thousand nine, before social media was really popping, right? Mm. So that's why you couldn't see all these things, but yep. they have all the footage. So um yeah, like that that documentary, it uh it just showed me how, you know, you have certain athletes like you know, Steph Curry, um, Kevin Durant, who after their biggest accomplishments, right? They always think they said this is not my this is not my confidence. This is God giving me the strength and, to do this, and right? Maybe they fear the Lord. Maybe and hopefully, hopefully because they have friends and stuff, they see what they're doing. They have other friends who are successful, but, but and get, they see but, their lifestyle. But you know who was influencing uh, Tiger? They showed it. Tiger was hanging out with uh, Michael Jordan and Barkley, so he was trying to be someone he's not because he was in the club yeah. asking Michael Jordan, "Yo, how do I pick up these girls?" And then Michael just tells him, "He's like, you tell him you're fucking Tiger Woods. That's how you pick them up, right?" Yeah. And Barkley, they know that Barkley and Jordan have a very strong gambling background, mm. and that's what you know led Tiger to them because Tiger, he was so caged his whole life, right? From like you know his dad, just his and, dad. And, t- and golf, 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 golf. He just like now I want to enjoy. Yeah. So we talk about how friends can you know can be obviously bad influences on them and yep. for sure uh jordan and barkley corrupted him in a way that you know because he has all the money to do what he wants anyways you just need the people to show you how to spend it now and, and like i said yes the biggest <laughs> oppression like i said is not these it's the people so you could eat well you could be praying you could be reading your bible going to church you could have a healthy relationship with your wife or you have a good relationship with your kids you can be doing everything right, but if you're around toxic friends, you will never have a chance. If you have, if like, because because the devil uses us, the devil can use us through the spirits, or God uses us. And if you're doing everything right, like look at Steph Curry, right? He knows he needs God. He doesn't want God. He needs God based on where he's who he's surrounded by, right? NBA ballers, beautiful women, twenty four seven, maybe on his Instagram when he goes anywhere, right? So it's like either. These people that you're going to be around, like, yeah, you're around Michael Jordan and these guys. You look at their lifestyle. You look at that documentary. I don't want his life. <laughs> I don't care how many rings I get. Why would I want to help? All I, all I, I can't even go outside. I have to sleep in my hotel room. My best friend's my security guard, who eventually becomes my dad, because my dad gets, uh, you know, he got, dad got murdered on a highway or something. But I think it's a lot of things about people who want to be professional athletes, who want to be... Um, famous actors want to be famous just to say famous but you know uh, so they show Tiger the reason why he did scuba diving a lot because he said himself he's like I like being down here with a fish because the fish don't know who I am because he was wow. so like there was so much like scrutiny from the, from the public and everywhere he's going he's pleasing people for his brand for marketing for advertising dollars where he just couldn't be himself right and like it just goes remember how you just said that you don't want to be these people because once you get to that level there's no turning back yep. and Tiger had to turn to all these other things to keep him sane yeah right? and you know what's crazy so his mom is uh, she's Thai right mm-hmm. and in Thailand it's known that a lot of uh, like. It's in their. It's it's not not necessarily in their religion, but a lot of like the uh, the mothers there will sell their soul, will sell their babies' souls 
to like uh to like demonic spirits in return for wealth wow. so it's like it's like that's in their culture you know you, you, you can google it and you can uh, search it but uh especially in thailand because they're very uh, spiritual people there mm-hmm. and they, they feel that when you sell your uh your newborn baby to you know to these <laughs> wow uh type of <laughs> i don't know i don't want to say sell it to the devil but sell it to these people who they believe that are god mm. that that's how they become you know rich and prosperous and successful and the, 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 so uh, maybe that that could have happened to tiger possibly. we don't know right no there's generational curses so those who are christian believers we have to deal with generational curses meaning so if say your father or mother has a certain generational curse or a stronghold that's not based on god that comes down to you and the problem is that it's normalized right so if you're Let's, for an example, your dad's um, intense in sports and loves to gamble. You grow up around your dad. You love your dad. You're going to think those things are normal. And that's, you know, the, uh, Tiger's dad would always uh, be cheating on his uh, on his wife with different women in front yeah. of Tiger on the golf course. He, they'd have them around, and Tiger would see it. And Tiger, he got so pissed, he used to call his mom crying because yeah. he was seeing it in front of him. Yeah. And then it passed on to him. And that's called a generational that's, that's literally a generational curse. So people don't... I think if it's a good tool for you guys who are listening that maybe you're struggling with something that was passed on from your parents because maybe you also worship your parents, right? And you have to respect and honor your parents, but you don't worship them, right? You can still question them. You can still see, I don't really know. I don't really trust that because God is your father. There is one father. It's said in the Bible. That's why you're Catholic priest. You don't call him your father. He's not your father. There's one. And it, that, honestly, I've recognized mine on both sides and it saved me. Like I stopped believing and just trusting my parents 24-7 because I recognize we're all flawed. We're all flawed humans at the end of the day. We all have our issues and God will reveal those things because I was functioning from things I learned from my dad. I was functioning the things I learned from my mom and they're both unbiblical things. And it led to a lot of confusion, anxiety, you know, like, like I said before, a bit of a sex addict, right? Having to need to go and just, I have to go do these things or I have to go to play sports. Like, Sports is a, is a big addiction for, I think, a lot of men in, say, North America because we cling to that power. We like having that intensity, those, 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 those raw emotions. We like to just, you know, I know for me, when I get too much into hockey and sports, I slowly become different. Like I start to become almost like an animalistic being. Aggressive. Because aggressive. hockey is an aggressive sport yes. too. So I start yelling. I start swearing. <laughs> I don't care about your feelings. I'm going to I'm gonna shit on you if you're not working hard. Like That's why you're so good in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I know. That's I know. why I want you on the team. I, I know. Everyone's like, no, no. We got to keep that going. I don't need I don't need no softness, all right? You need to keep on going. I, but, it's, but, it's, but that's part of my nature, what I grew up in, right? So I've had to recognize that. You're okay. talking about finding a balance. It's finding that okay, Alex. Like you need, you're going to a place where you're just abusing guys. Like I would talk down to guys. I wouldn't care. Like I would try to, you know, not really destroy them, but just think they're fucking useless. Sorry both for- of us. Remember, both of us had a talk one time. We're like, yo, we need to just chill out and stop yelling yeah. at guys because we're like, we're creating such a bad environment yeah. where it's like people are scared now to make mistakes and like you can't play hockey like that, you know. Yep. So at least we acknowledge that, you know, we have to chill out. Yeah. It's that, like I, like some people, they don't even like, imagine if both of us, we were uh, so hard headed. We're like, no, like this is the, the style of play. Right. Like th- that would be so unproductive for everybody. hundred percent. And I can only see that if I can see that being if it's a professional 
NHL. Like, but even that, even at a professional level, you see guys like look at uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. He wants he out now, yeah. and Torts is the in your face style. He's, so look, like at some point, you have to realize you just uh, chased out your best player mm-hmm. who you know beat the Leafs for you. So yeah. at, even at that level, you have to find the balance. Yeah. One one style doesn't always work forever. And that's why when you talk about that balance, the balance is having God in your life. Because he always he always convict you. Like when you when you act out or say something, when you have a relationship with him, right? He's close to you, his word, his his voice, he's gonna be like, What was that? What was that about? He's like, You're God. Because that's what that's what, you know, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan is like. They wanted to become their own God. So Michael Jordan said, Tiger Woods, tell him you're effing Tiger Woods. It's like we want to propped up ourselves because self-love in today's time and motivation for you and your grind and your business is all about you becoming your own God, right? And what happens when you think you're your own God? You you manipulate people. You use people as tools to the means of your own growth, your own Godship so you can control, have your masses. What did Tiger Woods do? Won all these championships, got all these women, cheated on his wife. He was just going and doing things. Like he, there was no, there was no um, discernment. There was no peace. This guy went underwater to escape the world. <laughs> this guy had to go underwater where he can't even breathe oxygen to get oxygen. How, how ironic, right? So that's a, I mean, this stuff, this, like when that's why if you're listening and you're you're thinking your life is not good or you're not famous or you wish you had this much money or this, it's like ask yourself, do you have peace when you wake up? Like you can go for a walk and nobody harasses you. Right, you can go go about your day, like do you like just watch that Michael Jordan and ask me like, is all what he's doing worth it? Like, does he have peace or does he have to continuously still gamble? Is he smoking a lot of cigars or drinking a lot of alcohol? Because it, it brings fills a lot a of void. It fills a void, right? It brings a lot of stress because if we remove God out of our lives and we want to prop ourselves up as our own God, man, the devil uses that as a setup because he wants you to fall and never return. That's right? What, uh, yeah, like. Uh, you know, even when you watch uh, a lot of the, you know, not just professional athletes, but celebrities, right? You see the people around them, right? How much of an influence and impact they have on the lives that they live. Because, you know, like, it, let's say you believe in God and, you know, you're, you're strong in your faith, but the people around you don't, right? It can challenge, like, a lot of the things that you stand for and the person you want to be. Because you feel that, like, I, like... Who who am I to tell my friends you guys aren't having fun tonight or like I don't want to do this tonight? You feel that you're being the party pooper, mm-hmm. right? And that's when you see a lot of like that's what I felt about like Tiger when he was around those people where he 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 didn't want to always partake in things, but the people around around him wanted to, and he didn't want to be that guy that said no. Mm-hmm. I think we we well in any friend group we people struggle with that being that. Uh, being the voice of reason, being the voice of, hey, why don't we just go do this? It's it's very in- intimidating, um, even for myself, right? Uh, for me, I would do it at first with some of my friends, and you realize you just get into arguments or people just start hating you, you know, like people gossip and start talking a bunch of nonsense. Like So you just go away, right? Sometimes you got to go away and just be independent, um, kind of get back into your grassroots, like figure out who you are and who God made you to be. Um, because that's why I always say you got to go to your creator first to under, understand your identity and not identify with who your friends are and who you know. And um, and I always I, I always focus more on education over entertainment. I think we because today's culture is so TV and social media and movies and sports entertainment is so like ten at ten x. Everywhere we go, there's some way way to entertain ourselves. Netflix, Disney Plus, now HBO, like you name it. 
I think a lot of times we're so entertained with all these things and we're so like, wow, look at this production that we just start to think and think that these are, you know, dreams or gods that we want to aspire to or way of living. And I think if we can just start to educate ourselves on first who we are and why we're here and what's our purpose in this world, what should I be doing that's helping others, I think we'll have way more peace than just entertainment, 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 because we see what entertainment does, right? It's distraction. It's um, it's a motive to sell you something. It's for you to make actually make you feel bad about yourself. Maybe you're like, man, I, you know, it's like, imagine, like, I remember watching hockey growing up as a kid, and, like, I grew from a hockey family, and, like, being told I'm not going to make the NHL, that's all I thought about as a kid. I'm playing hockey. I'm going to go to the NHL, right? And if I, you know, didn't have God in my life, I'd probably be feeling like crap. Like, man, could I have made the NHL? Am I a loser because I didn't make the NHL? Like, we, we start to compare and compete with our our surroundings, right, our environment. So, like you said, around friend groups, you know, you're going to compare yourself right? Oh, I'm not doing these things my friends are doing. I got to pick up 30 chicks at one night because, you know, I'm Tiger Woods. (laughs) You know, I got to be going to parking lots and hooking up with the waitress I see there because that's what Michael Jordan does when he's stressed. (laughs) You know, that's just real. That's real talk. All of his real friends, because they interviewed them, they were saying that they saw Tiger changing. Like, he stopped talking to them, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, he just, even, even his first girlfriend, right, who he was so in love with, he couldn't even break up with her in person. He had to write a letter and then there's so many people that said that letter wasn't even written by him, was by his dad. Because wow. his dad was like, you know, you got to cut it off. You got to focus on golf, right? And what, so do you, like, what do you take from your experience it's that that you learned and pace on lifestyles you're around and people you're around, environments? How, 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 like, what was a sign for you to be like, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Or like, you know, I got to get away. How did you do that? What was like your way of, because some people listening, maybe they don't have the tools or the the mindset yet that you and I have, what is something that you told yourself or like God maybe spoke to you being like, you need to, you know, step away for a bit. Um, I think so. Remember my, my thing was twofold. So what stopped my gambling addiction, Mm -hmm. right. Was the business, right. was Mm -hmm. me taking my business more seriously. Mm -hmm. But then see when my business rose and then you get the success you can do and the freedom to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's when the temptation starts coming back again. Mm -hmm. So, we, we talk a lot about how God uh, intervenes when, you know, he feels you're getting too far away from him, mm-hmm. right? If you have that relationship with him yep. and you can acknowledge it. And that was me losing my Instagram, my, losing my Instagram, right? The second time, not the first time. Yeah. After the first time, I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm going for the second one. Yeah. But it was humbling myself in, uh, enough to know that after losing my second Instagram, that, you know, this was an end to a chapter that he wants me to get closer to him first. And, you know take the relationship more seriously where I'm not always looking to fill that void with, with the world around me or Mm -hmm. with Instagram, with all this like fabricated bullshit. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, that was the, the wake up call and I needed to be humble enough to acknowledge that. Mm. That's what it is. Stuff like everyone goes through life. Right. And we go through hardships, but we don't always acknowledge are these signs from God or not? Mm. Or are these just hiccups that, you know, like forget about keep going. Right. Like this is part of the the process. And I think that's the hardest part, especially for people who are entrepreneurs or trying to pursue something, because there's a lot of conflictions. Right. Mm. There's a lot of like uh, like what you said earlier, how your mind says one thing, but your heart says another. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to find that balance. Like I still, I, t- t- uh, till t- today, I get so many thoughts that I know now that are evil. But mm-hmm. before in the past, I would think that, you know, it's, it's a part of the time. process. It's go time. It's a part of, yeah. He's like, you're not even, you don't necessarily, uh, 
think that you're tr- you're living for the devil, mm-hmm. but your heart conflicts you and tells you that you know like this is not what God wants you to be doing or what you mm-hmm. should be doing, but you try to justify. Yeah, hey, amen. That's powerful, man. You know, that's the the fact that the strength to even recognize it takes a power of God to be like, well, these thoughts are coming. It happens to me too. Like even during this time of you know lockdown, I, what else? What else? What else can I do during this time? And it's like a flood of information comes to my mind and. Uh, sometimes I get overwhelmed. I feel kind of like heavy. I'm like, whoa, you know, and then God's like, Alex, like, come back, come back. And just what is real? What is not? What is a distraction? What is something that's wants to bring you back to old way of thinking an old lifestyle? But that's why it's it's so important about who you're spending your time with now, mm-hmm. because like you're you're a product product of your environment. So if mm-hmm. you don't have like if you're not around people who are thinking like you who are trying who like talk about these things like we do right mm-hmm. it's hard to just make to want to make that change it's very because hard you have no reason to yes like if i was still around the same people i was you know five years ago or mm-hmm. whatever i would feel no reason to change because yep. i think this is part of the lifestyle like this is who we are this is what we do yeah but until you can come to terms with you know like what you said who you are and you know like actually listening to the inner voices and uh and and just having that relationship with God to keep you in check, right? You'll forever be lost. Forever in this. I think a lot of people right now are in the abyss, lost or feel like they're in purgatory. I think it's a good uh, um, way to segue into why God is doing all this because some people might either not like God or believe in God because they think, look what God's doing. But there are always two forces at play. And we have to ask ourselves, why is God doing this today? Because the devil can never do things without God's approval. And I always like to tell people, to know that, you know, God didn't even destroy Lu- Lu- Satan, Lucifer, didn't even destroy him because God's all good. God doesn't do evil. God just sent him away into hell, right? You're going to stay there because you can't be in heaven. You're not, you're not of good. You decided to go against me. So there's two forces at play. I want you guys to picture God and he has a leash and the devil's his dog, right? So, so the God, the devil can never do things without God's approval because God will also use the devil for his glory. So sometimes he has to use a devil to break you to a point where you need God because the devil wants to give you riches, give you all these things, right? Like you said, like the devil wants to give you power very quickly because he's like, ha, good, I'm going to get you back into the, and basically take you down where I am in hell. And this whole lockdown is, 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 is the virus, everything, God will use evil. So God, this virus is from God. The lockdown is, is, all, is all God. The point of the matter is it's trying to strip you away from all these things you think you worship and enjoy whether that's your your hangout time, your sports, your your career, your lifestyle in the clubs, whatever that is, God's trying to strip this all away. This is a moment for us to get closer to God or for you to start questioning your life and realizing, you know, why if I have all this anxiety and depression when I can't live my lifestyle, it goes to show you that these things aren't eternal. These things actually aren't filling a void in me. They're distracting me, right? So for you and I, we love hockey so much, right? But we don't have hockey right now. So, of course, we could be all upset, losing our minds and going all over the place and whining and complaining. But it's like, yo, we have more time to invest in our faith, you know, to strengthen ourselves. You know, we're doing this podcast and I think it's good for people to know that, you know, don't worry, even if you're being attacked by the devil or you're being oppressed or you're being abused by somebody, um, God will always use it for his glory. Sometimes we have to go through the struggles and go through the fire to see what God's purpose is for us. And if we know our Lord and Savior, Jesus lived a perfect life. He wasn't attacking people. He wasn't killing people. He wasn't trying to make money. And they whipped him. They, they abused him. They, they put him on a cross. 
right? So we have to recognize who our Lord and Savior is, that he walked with us, and he paid the biggest price and did nothing wrong, right? He was himself attacked and judged and ridiculed, and we have to know what he led us to live like. So, you know, if you're trying to, you know, I think you and I talk about, you know, people who, who are very powerful, famous celebrity, the devil, God will also give you riches. God will also bless you with many things, like God doesn't want you to be poor and broke and, and, and you know and just living on the streets. That's not it's not God's plan. There's no it's okay to have riches and be bountiful and be wealth wealthy in this lifetime, but do it from the foundation of God. So sometimes a God will use a devil, you'll build a foundation and he, the devil will just try to destroy you. And then you'll think, Oh, I'm angry, I'm bitter, you know, I worked so hard, I grinded, and then this all happened. They're like, ah, oh, F, F I like, God. I like or, to think that when the blessing is from God he gives it to you when you're ready for it. Yeah. So God will not bless you if you're not with like, you know, with the things that you want until you're ready for it and until you're spiritually clear where he knows that now that he's blessed you with something, you're going to use it for his purpose. So that's why, you know, there's so many instances where we see that people who remain faithful to him or who just came to faith. Uh, like what, what, How many times have, has Kanye said, he's like, once I decide to give my life to Jesus, he's like, all of these, all of these chains came off me, and I. This is the most successful I've ever been, mm-hmm. right? Where he's not in debt now. So it's just like God can work in mysterious ways, and that's only for you to find out. It's only for me to find out. Mm-hmm. And then we, on the opposite end, you see how devil does bless you too, but it comes at a price, and it's short lived. So yep. that's the difference, right? Like, you know, there's so many stories uh, about people who they continuously live in sin, right? And they are wealthy, they are famous, they are rich, mm-hmm. but they live a life of destruction and yep. that's not peace. Right. So like we said, we we're like, we're, we're just trying to find that balance, not only for ourselves, but to help other people get through the tough times. Amen. And if, uh, even for me, if, um, if you guys are, you know, curious about what the result of that person who you look up to's life is like, there's different podcasts, you listen to different things I look at because there's people I used to you know, look up to. And then you hear what they talk about their life. Like, and I'm like, Oh, I don't I actually don't like that. <laughs> I don't like how you're, you're getting in divorce, you're, you can't talk to your kids anymore, or like you have publicity at you every 24-7. So I think it's good to just really humble ourselves that, you know, we're all humans, we're all people at the end of the day. <laughs> like there's no like, I think we'd like to think there's somehow, you know, this person somehow like you better because they do. It's like, no, we're all humans. We're like we're all in this in this world living this life. And that's the, and that's why, you know, there's there's this thing on YouTube where I think it's called The Beautiful Thing About Death. Because the beautiful thing about death, it lets everybody know that we're all on the same level. It doesn't matter. Like it can it can happen at any moment. You can die. Like I'm sorry to say, does it like you can be as famous as you want, as powerful as you want, right? When it's your time, it's your time. Amen. And that's the most humbling thing because if there wasn't death, right, we we'd see like these billionaires who are trying to extend their lifespans, right? They would they'd live forever. Yep. Right. Yep. And that that's uh you know, like I, I, I want more people to see life from that perspective because death is looked at too much of a scary thing as a thing I want to avoid. But when you're really at peace with yourself, you don't fear death. Well, because there is no death. And, and that's why it's like when I found Christ, I found that it's everlasting. Like my time in heaven is something that I look forward to more than dwelling on when am I going to die or yeah. how am I going to die? Because right? then you think, like, I have to do all these things before I die. Because, That's where like, I was at before. I used yeah. to be like, you know, like, you got to get it while you're here, accomplish everything, mm-hmm. right? And now it's like my perspective has changed mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't even think of that. I don't even think of, of those type of things. 
because at the end of the day, it's like God's going to bring you home when he needs you. Yeah, exactly. He's going to take you home. No, it's perfectly safe. He's going to take you home, and you're going to have eternity. It's like, and you don't need clothes. There's no money there. You're just peace. There's no lockdowns. No, no lockdowns. Maybe they got hockey there. Who knows? You know, but no, that's 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 the truth of the matter. If I, a true story, actually, if you guys don't know, Jesus had siblings. He had brothers and sisters, and they all thought he was crazy. So just like Jesus had siblings, and 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 after he's born of the virgin, and his mother had he had siblings, and they literally thought when he went out preaching, they're like, "Well, stop! What are you doing, bro? You're a carpenter." They literally thought he was crazy until he rose again. So and that's biblical. You guys can read into that. You guys can look into Christian apologetics. But it's a story about that that you know people that were close to Jesus, his own family, when he was living his life and preaching and talking about how he's the son of God, they didn't believe him either, right? They questioned him. And they, you know, the second uh, God was here and came in flesh to show us not to fear death and that we have life everlasting. So when he rose again three days later, his, <laughs> imagine your brothers being like, bro, I thought you were crazy the entire time and now you're here. You're literally showing me that you were crucified. So like in your life, sometimes too, your closest people in your life, you might have a, a, a you know, a purpose from God. And they'll never understand. You know, you just have to keep riding that because, you, it, you know, it's not it's not for them to understand. Exactly. It's for you to understand. Exactly. You know, you don't want to have to force feed everything to everyone you hang out with. Amen. How how draining is that, right? Trying it to is. convince people, oh, you got to be like me. It's like, no. you know, I don't ever want to be that guy who's Amen. trying to force myself because it's not, it's not natural and that's not going to help them anyways. Yes. You're just going to push them further. Exactly. They'll, and, they'll watch your actions. And that's for anything. That's for like trying to stay in shape, trying to, you know, drink or not drink, do drugs. It's like, yo, at some point that person will have to find out for themselves. Amen. And then my, my own, my own brother, I mean, he is, he's a very faithful person. He goes out, um, recently he's been going out preaching to people. He, uh, his, his faith, I, I, I'll be honest, is, t- is a tenfold of what I want to be one day. You know, he goes out there to, you know, Walmart and to, uh, what else? So he goes like to food basics and he just preaches the gospel, bro. He preaches Jesus. It takes a lot of courage. A lot man. of courage. And like, it's, he doesn't tell me he's doing it. He just tell me he gets back. And I'm like, man, like I think about that. Like I, want, I told him, I, I actually want to go one day and just see what that's like. You know, he tells me what people say to him, the mean things they'll drive by F you, you know, some people actually go, Hey man, I appreciate it. And they bring him food. Right. So they give him money. So, I mean, that to me, like, you know, he believes in Jesus very strongly. And I think a lot of us have to just, you know, yeah, like you said, you can't be barging and telling people and um, pushing your agenda on people. Just live the life that Jesus gave you to have and they'll see for themselves. Right. Because you'll bear fruits. The result of your life will come from, like you said, the faith in Christ and God will provide to you. I know sometimes that you struggle and you're maybe you're waiting for some kind of blessing. Just get closer to God. And when you're closer to God, you'll then have the peace. And like Aaron said, like you'll all of a sudden get all these, these blessings and these riches, but like you'll just have this peace and you don't need to keep chasing more. You'll be like, holy cow, it's here. And, you know, but I'm blessing, good. The real blessing is the relationship. So it's that yeah. nonstop conversation. That's the blessing because, mm-hmm. you know, like the blessing can't always be financial or material. Mm-hmm. Once you're focused on that, it doesn't come, right? It's even, even like the process. Everyone likes to say you focus on the process because that's what puts you into action. Amen. Right? You can't just be thinking, oh, I need this car. I need this thing. But how are you going to get it? Right. That's that's a good point. And that and that's like even for like faith wise, it's like yeah. you can't just be thinking if you're constantly thinking of how am I getting into heaven? How am I going to get in? That's going to like it's going to kill you inside. Right. Because you're going to be trying to live. You're, you're trying to you're going to be trying to live like like you're Jesus. And that's yes. impossible. Yeah. But there's a lot of like that's a, that's a good point. You get into the rabbit hole of the Bible and Christianity and then you get inactive. Like so you're <laughs> so in your thoughts because you're trying not to sin and do everything perfect. <laughs> 
And then oh, you, stressful is yeah, that? you're stressful, and you're right. A lot of like, I, I, if you're a Christian out there, you have to start taking action and being the message. Like Jesus didn't stay home all day and just pray, <laughs> right? He was out walking miles, cities, towns, preaching, in action, doing things. Maybe now he would have to be if it was a lockdown. Yeah, He'd no, bro. He, honestly, I was I was asking to my brother, like, imagine Jesus coming down this time, watching sports on TV, <laughs> like looking at actors, being like. Why thou shall be thy on TV? Like, it just, I imagine what he would be doing, like, right? Would he just, just destroy buildings and be like, yeah, we don't need this. We don't need clothes. Like, you know what I mean? Put on Mask. a robe. Yeah, right? So, you know, you're right. There's a lot of, I think, people who are in faith and practice that just stay in, like, this religiosity of, like, not doing anything, stay in oppression. Trying like, to be perfect. Yeah, trying to be perfect so they can't actually live a life and, you know, it, make mistakes, fail, because you're not Jesus. So you have to, like, the only way you can really learn is go out there and make mistakes and fail. You know, I, I listen to some of these episodes and I'm like, well, man, I'm not going to say it next time. You know, you got to you gotta do what you got to do to learn and grow. Um, I want to read some things for you guys who are listening. Some um, steps of encouragement I get from a pastor. Um, his name's Vlad Hungry Generation. It's on Instagram. Um, it's practical steps to renew your mind because we always want to be giving you guys um, practical information, advice um, on your faith journey, or just in life. Maybe you're not even a, a Christian believer. Maybe you're working on something, or maybe you're in that middle ground, not sure where to go in your life. So I'm going to give you just six or seven practical steps. Aaron, if uh, anything clicks to you, you can like you know comment on any of these. Um, they're pretty, pretty, pretty simple. So step one: stop waiting for an outside miracle to change your mind. Right. So a lot of times we're looking for this magical sign. Some people, you're in the political realm, like you just want Donald Trump to be <laughs> the next president to, you know, to change your mind or waiting for some kind of miracle. You know, stop waiting for that outside miracle to change your mind. It starts from the inside. Step two, stop believing that you can't control your thoughts. So a lot of us want to identify with the thoughts we have and just run with them. But God can change your mind, change your heart. You got to question the thoughts you have and ask yourself, where has it led you before? Thinking the way you're currently thinking what fruits has it bared in your life? So how is your relationship with your friends, your family? Do you have are you constantly dealing with anxiety, depression? So start challenging those thoughts because those are spirits. Those are spiritual things coming at you. You need to question those. Step number three, what you feed your mind with becomes a mindset. What you feed your mind. So we eat food. We know we eat like shit. We feel like shit. Right. So what you feed your mind becomes a foundation of how your mind functions. So Aaron says, like we talk about your friend group, your social surroundings is probably the biggest impact on your life. doesn't matter how faithful, how well you eat, how good you take care of your body, how well your business is doing. The people you're around will change and affect the way you think. So start asking yourself who you're around constantly because that could be the, the oppression you're actually feeling every day. So what you feed your mind becomes a mindset. Step number four, confess what you believe not what you feel. I think this is powerful even for me and for others. We like to talk about how we feel all the time, where I feel this way. Start talking about what you believe because when you say that to someone, say they ask you, you have to really back it up. And what you believe in, like say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, or I believe in this, I believe in this for myself, you know, because it's something that's built on a foundation, not on feelings that can go away anytime. Feelings come and go. Step number five, resist negative thoughts, assist positive thoughts. So when, you know, when the negativity comes, the devil oppression, or you're, you know, you can't do this, don't do this, uh, you're not ready to go do this, you know, resist that and start adding in some positive thoughts and positive thinking like we're trying to do on this episode. Um, add in some positivity and, and, you know, if you start to feel that, the, the hope and grace of God, add more into it. And step number six, I'll combine it with step number seven, celebrate the process. 
right? You just talk about the process. Celebrate the process. I celebrate the process of this podcast all the time. I love getting ready for the next one, doing the next thing, right? Celebrate the process and not start. just don't focus yourself on just the results um, because it's okay to fail. It's okay not to hit goals. It doesn't matter. And expect miracles. So expect God to work, believe in God, and he can change your life. So I think those are good seven steps for you guys to think about and go over. So I'll end off with the verse of the day. And this has a lot to do with how we started this uh, episode. It's uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 4. And it goes, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. So Amen. what you said there, like the process, the suffering, it's necessary for, you know, for success, for anything that God has planned for you embrace that suffering time because on the opposite end of it is what we all what we all aspire for and hope for amen amen bro thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you guys soon cheers peace